0: Hello, and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and this is the internet's most deceitful music podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. Hiya! In this episode, we're reviewing the new album from Overmono. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, the news. James, what have you got for us this week? This week,
1: I have a new story about AI. It, talk, uh, it talks about this from the BBC. It talks about Sting's opinion on it, but I thought um, it would be a good chance to just talk about it in general. But yeah, the news story reads, Sting warns against AI songs as he wins prestigious music prize. Which is the Evo Novello Songwriting Award, um, if you wanted to know. Um, so, yeah, he, he was recently in an interview and he was talking about um, how, yeah, we've got to be careful about AI in the music industry. And saying that musicians are facing a battle defend to defend their work um, against the rise of songs written by artificial intelligence. He said that the building blocks of music belong to us, to human beings. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate that point that he's saying it's a ongoing battle. This is kind of after I'm not sure if he references this directly, but obviously an example of this happening um in February. David Guetta um, used technology, so AI to imitate Eminem's voice for one of his tracks and then also a viral um, duet came out with Drake and The Weeknd, not actually Drake and The Weeknd, but an imitation of them yeah, I think I agree with a lot of what he's saying, I don't think you can I don't think you should really steal someone's voice and use it for your own good without any permission I think that's kind of a Given really, um, and especially when you're making money off it, but he ha- he has also said it's similar to the way I watch a movie with C- CGI. It doesn't impress me at all. I feel like that reference to that is a, it's not similar enough really. Like I think I feel like a lot of CGI he's probably seen he hasn't realized it's CGI, and I feel like that can go in the same way as I AI but. I think AI can be used more, I mean, it can be used as a tool, um, as C- CGI, but it can be used as its own thing. Um, I don't think that's a good comparison, really. I just thought it would be, be good to bring up right now. I mean, I think I think we, we've uh, talked about AI music before, especially uh I think Jess, um, I forget what artist it was, but Jess brought up an artist. Holly Herndon is that her name? Yeah, Hendon wasn't it? oh someone Holly Herndon I nailed it okay Holly Herndon yeah she, we, we listened to an album from her and thought yeah I thought that was really good um, but that's an example of her it was like a completely original take on it and it it, it didn't use other people's voices basically but yeah people have an opinion uh, and I feel like I think Sting has kind of got some of it in this, like I share some of the same feelings as him, but I think some of the worries he has probably somewhat unwarranted.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a clear distinction between an artist using AI as a creative tool and someone using AI to try and basically just mimic someone else or create something that's just, popular without kind of any artistic thought and that yeah you're right the cgi comparison is somewhat nonsense because like hundreds of artists work on those like big budget films arguably the cgi has the most artists going into it so yeah i, I don't really buy into that and you know e- even the most kind of egregious blockbuster like if you look at the transformers movies i mean i, I wouldn't want to watch any of them again but like, the CGI is pretty impressive. It looks pretty good. And lots of people worked really hard to make it look that good. So, yeah, I think that's a bit of a weird one. And I think, yeah, in the past I've kind of been more on the side of AI's probably not going to take over too much of the music listening space and it's probably more going to be coming for film composers and other kind of background jobs in the music industry. But I don't know in... In the modern listening landscape, with with less and less people kind of in the stream between the people who make the music and you listening to it, I feel like that it might get worse in terms of like Spotify, if they could keep you listening for longer, would very happily just serve you AI made music all day and they wouldn't wouldn't lose a lose a wink of sleep from it, and with, I I don't know that people care, like, back in the days of radio, I, there's at least a re- DJ whose reputation is staked on this and probably got into it because they care about the music, so they're probably going to try and select interesting stuff, but now that's all, all gone and, you know, listening to a playlist people just won't know people might not care yeah, I don't know, I'm maybe turning more pessimistic about where it might go for the mass market kind of audience at least
2: yeah i suppose it's a difficult thing in it because it's like and we've talked about this before when we've talked about kind of people's interest in vinyl and also like growing interest in cassettes and things like that the way people access music or discover new music that they like is very very different like you said than it than it was when you were kind of presented with artists from a dj or or something like that so there is that risk that like you said, especially if you're just kind of like putting on a playlist and it's on in the background, you're not really listening attentively. Like you could then, yeah, be listening to hours of AI. Um, I think it is, the, the root of it is down to like that, how much people care about the the craft of creating music. And it, that is kind of where I see like the CGI thing as well is like actually CGI is a very creative Craft, like it takes a lot of skill. It's not like people, like all of the time, just like plug something into a computer and it does it all. Like a lot of the time, there's actually really skilled artists behind that work. And I think it's, yeah, it's how you utilize these new technologies because they can be really incredible and transformative creative tools. But if, yeah, like you said, it's just kind of someone plugs in, like, make a catchy trending TikTok sound song or whatever and like churns that out It the, the intention like the creativity isn't behind it it's not being used in a creative way but like the, the the difficulty comes from like well how do you discern that like when you're just like presented with something like how do you know if it was crafted by a creative mind or if like someone was like let me see if I can make a quick buck of this I don't know. The whole AI thing scares me.
1: Yeah. I do wonder if in the future if, I'm not sure if it actually happened, but if all music was just, all of it was AI generated, what happened to concerts? Like (laughs) the AI could be on like a, uh, a scheduled sort of thing, making its own music every week. And you go, you go to this concert of just, there's one AI you really like. And who is who is the main, who is the poster boy of that music?
2: Well, is it just, just e- like a
1: PC <laughs> in the middle of the stage?
2: It's like the Abba Voyage thing, isn't it? Like the holograms. Mm. They'll just get some random like AI-generated holograms and you'll go and be like, yeah, hologram Henry. And you are like, love it.
1: I think at some point you, you need a person there, don't you? Maybe some people like that.
2: Well, I think the thing is, is like also the artists aren't going to go away. Like humans are still going to make music, even if computers are also making music. So I think that's a core part of it as well. It's not just about like the listeners. Like yeah. people still want to make music, they still want to share music. And yeah, people still love that experience of live music, which is, you know, as much as I love and adore ABBA, I don't think seeing a hologram of them is quite the same as actually. Seeing a,
0: bl- a band in the flash. I mean, if in twenty years' time they can get ABBA covering, you know, whatever new Ed Sheeran song he's written
2: through AI, <laughs> you
0: know, people are going to f- flock to go and see it.
2: Why would you besmirch ABBA's name like that?
0: I'm just saying the people love Ed Sheeran and they love ABBA, so they'd want they'd want to see it.
2: No one wants to see that. <sighs> ABBA should remain pure. By pure, you I mean, pure.
1: <laughs> you know, hologrammed.
0: <laughs> oh, you're not talking about the, their Scandinavian heritage. No. <laughs> Love that.
2: ABBA should just remain ABBA.
0: I mean, I'd agree, but, you know, AI is going to make it all happen.
2: I swear to you, if this if this comes true now, it's your fault. That's on your conscience.
0: I could see someone like David Getter. Just like selling the rights to his likeness in perpetuity. Oh yeah. And just, just forever. There are David Guetta DJ sets, <laughs> and it's you know. I mean, it looks like he turns up, and it sounds like he's there, and he's still releasing new music after a hundred and fifty years. Weirdly, but.
2: Like buy you know. your own David Guetta, like have in your living room, like it's a wee little hologram, and he's just like DJing for you.
0: Mm. Like the little fighting game in Star Wars in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs>
1: I've been watching a load of Star Wars recently. Um, And Mandalorian Season 2 at the end of it. Oh. Am I ruining this this for anyone? Does anyone care? I don't care. Um, They get Mark Hamill, but like a young... Like, they do some AI stuff and make him look young, but it looks so awful. (laughs) It's just like... He looks like a computer. It's just not great. But then I think... In the third season they've made it look, look much better and it actually looks like him it's kind of freaky i don't know what they did
0: between those two times um yeah but even on a movie budget in rogue one they couldn't couldn't make tarkin or leia look oh yeah good like they all they both looked like weird and shiny and like their <laughs> face was kind of sl- the skin was like sliding about on their face <laughs> it's like, the
1: mouth movement just wasn't
0: it's, right yeah <laughs> I mean, this is the danger of technology. A- AI could could revolutionise the music industry or it could become Henry Cavill's top lip from Justice League. I <laughs> oh, just don't know that. great yet. example as well. Right, on that note, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Good Lies by Over Mono. Released on the 12th of May, 2023 on XL Recordings. It's 13 tracks long and 48 minutes and 3 seconds. On the album's Bandcamp page, it says, quote, Across the 12-track project, Overmono journey through a powerful distillation of their musical career so far, incorporating So You Know alongside new music that propels them beyond the dance floor. Good Lies remoulds and interweaves captivating vocal cuts into a series of multi-genre electronic sounds that flit effortlessly between euphoria and melancholy in the same four-bar loop. That's what the band and their team have to say about the album. What did we think? James, why don't you kick us off? I didn't have much um,
1: expectation going to the album. Not as in I I thought it was gonna be bad, but I just didn't know much about them. Um and I can I can say that I've really enjoyed the album this week. I I do think it's not really my cup of tea. Um but I can appreciate that it is really really enjoyable, um, really nice sounding, like the instruments are using, the the sounds are using, the they are using. Uh so some really lovely. Um I I think it really puts you in a great great mood, great zone. It drives you along the day. Um but I th- I think a lot of the songs in this album, um, I don't really have notes on or I just didn't get much from them I just kind of enjoyed them which is which is great because I enjoyed them but a lot of it just didn't have much to say about it that's probably a lot to do with my background in the of music but also yeah they'll just nothing really uh like fed me any <laughs> any any insight to it so I really enjoyed the album it's just wasn't
0: my thing. L, what did you think?
2: Yeah, similar to James, this isn't my usual kind of vibe in terms of like genre preference or anything like that, but I did also enjoy this album a lot. Um, I liked what you read out from there, Bandcamp, about it flitting effortlessly between euphoria and melancholy, because that is something that I found. I found that there was quite an interesting, like emotional range within the album, which I wasn't necessarily expecting, and I liked that it felt very, uh, I get, like neat is the only way I can kind of think about it. Like the album, the way it was crafted, it feels very neat. And they've kind of managed within that, within like it says on the Bandcamp, like that same four-bar They've still managed to express quite a lot of different things, which um, I really enjoyed. I also really liked that it didn't feel. Uh, yeah I mean my knowledge of kind of dance and electronica and all of that kind of stuff is pretty limited but I liked that this album felt like it was feeding off lots of other things as well and it felt quite unique to me I don't know if that's just because I haven't listened to a huge amount of this kind of music but I did enjoy those other uh, like references so where it has some kind of reggae influences or r and I really enjoyed them um, in part because I lean towards those kind of genres anyway but I also think that they were done really well in that kind of interweaving with their kind of core sound as it were um yeah I think pretty similar to James like it's it was an album that I was like oh I'm not sure like how I'll feel about it because it's not like something I'll naturally gravitate towards but I was pleasantly surprised by it um I think what I kind of really picked out was that emotional range which was really interesting um but beyond that i'm like i don't really it's it's an album that i would happily like put on again uh like particularly in like a certain setting um but i don't see it as an album that i'm going to like listen to and listen to and listen to and really like attentively obsess over (laughs) um but it's still good
0: i've been feeling like the um the artist quotes that i've been pulling over the last few weeks have been surprisingly accurate where this whole kind of idea of this distilling down over mono sound into a record really makes sense like this does feel like they're kind of like we're over mono this is what we do here it is and and yeah so if if you've listened to their music before you'll kind of know what to expect here it's kind of this fusion of basically all of UK bass music in a way into kind of one thing where they're pulling from, they pull from dubstep pretty early on in here. They pull from like UK house, they pull from techno, they pull from drum and bass in places and jungle and garage. And they, they kind of make this fusion and, and with kind of the R and B vocals that they've been playing with a bit over the, the last few years, they kind of, push even further forward here and make it kind of a central part of their sound. And I think that that works really well. And I'm glad I saw some criticism on, on some of their EPs from, from other critics saying that, that those tracks don't, don't really work. And I, I actually really like that kind of fusion, the weird kind of pitch vocals and stuff. So yeah, this, this album doesn't kind of go ab- above and beyond if that makes sense. It doesn't doesn't feel like it takes them to another level, but it, what it does manage to do is take the over mono sound and make it like consistently strong over the course of a full length, which I think I don't want to underestimate how like how impressive that is, because you know, they've been releasing EPs in this style for a few years and translating that to to thirteen tracks is is not easy. So, yeah, the, I mean, the main criticism I could level at is that maybe it plays it a bit safe. Um, I'll talk about later on a few moments where I feel like it, it is really throwing back to kind of other over mono songs from the past. But I, I feel like they've really kind of they've upped the kind of quality assurance bar on these songs over what they normally do on an EP where there, there are no duds on this album. Like all of the songs are really well made and they move in interesting ways and they're structured in interesting ways and the sounds are really well produced. I mean, yeah, if you like Overmono you're going to love this. If you don't know Overmono but you hear kind of garage or R&B and you think that might be something you might want to try out, I'd say Overmono are a great place to start and this album might be one to go for. I I also on the point of length of it
1: i think a lot we've been listening to a lot of like albums that have been a bit shorter like 30 minutes um sometimes even less and this one is uh, like at 40 i bet you've already mentioned it um 48 48 yeah. minutes uh <laughs> and i i thought i looking at that like oh it's gonna feel a bit longer this week but it didn't really i didn't feel tired. i didn't feel bored i just yeah it it felt refreshing throughout.
0: Yeah, I think it it kind of pushes and pulls and it gives you different things a, a, along the way, right? Where it opens on this, that, like that slower, kind of more R&B tinge, vocal forward track. And then it, it almost kind of opens up at the end and then it goes into the second track, which is very kind of dubby with with kind of dubstep rhythms with some kind of garagey sounds mixed in there. And then you get more kind of festival tracks and and other things and different diversions along the way. So it, it never feels like it's sitting still. And I think, yeah, that's part of why it feels like it feels like it goes by quickly because it it's giving you lots of different stuff without feeling like it's dragging you all over the place, which we've had kind of we've criticized albums before for feeling like they're long because you're having to like adjust your mind every few minutes
2: yeah they clearly have a really strong sense of like crafting i suppose even though this is their first album like crafting i suppose it comes from like dj sets and things like that they they understand like the pace that's needed um and how that pace can like vary slightly here and there but like the yeah the main takeaway i had was like yeah even though it wasn't necessarily like every song was my favourite song or things like that. Like, I was never bored. And I think that was, like, a real testament to the way that they'd crafted the individual tracks but also crafted the album as a whole and the flow that it then has as a whole piece. Like, I was always... Yeah, I never felt kind of displaced by anything and I never felt bored by it. Um, it was really well put together as, as a kind of album structure.
0: I spoke about their live set on the podcast back when we talked about forwards festival. So if, if you're looking for that episode, it would be early September last year, 2022. Um, and they were one of my standouts of the weekend where they were both playing lots of their bigger hits, but also kind of doing interesting kind of improvisational stuff and kind of blending in other other things and doing bits live and and it feels like it all kind of came together and and was i i thought really really impressive and i i feel like this captures that spirit of them bringing together lots of different stuff they like and kind of it feeling lively and and like it's pushing and pulling and like you said al it's kind of perfectly structured it almost feels like like a DJ set where it starts and it's kind of it builds up and then you get the title track which really feels like it's designed to be like a track for big summer festivals and then you get some kind of more deeper cuts where it it's kind of playing with different kind of garage rhythms and different stuff and then towards the end of the track you get uh, towards the end of the album you get more big tracks to kind of close out the set with is You and So You Know, which has obviously been a, a huge song since they released it for them, and they're probably their biggest single. So yeah, it does. It has that feeling to it of having the feeling of a DJ set giving you that kind of... that journey to go on through the record. I'll kick us off talking about songs. The opening track, Feelings Plain. I, I love how this opens the album where... It's got this this kind of like almost heartbeaty drum kick to it, and then it it's got the vocal playing over the top, and it it's like one chord all the way through the song, and then suddenly towards the end you it it suddenly changes to like the the progression, and because it's been on that kind of you've heard that that vocal line over and over again kind of in this one place, it then suddenly just kind of opens up it. I don't know. It's such a brilliantly done opening to the album of where it's kind of like it draws you in and it gives you that anticipation and then it, it kind of uses that to, without even really doing all that much to suddenly give you kind of that, that euphoria that they're talking about. I I thought that track worked so well as the opener. Yeah. I said the
1: exact same thing. Um, The the start was great, but then once that chord sequence comes in on top, it gives the song such a great lift to it. It, It's a weird weird description, but yeah, it really fills out the the space and changes it up.
2: Yeah, I also really liked this track, both as an opener, but also just as a track. It was one of my favourites, actually, on the album. I think, yeah, like both of you said, it kind of opens the album so well, and I really liked that it has that kind of yeah that kind of lift because to me it, it kind of encompasses both like it leans towards that euphoria and that melancholy um that is then like present on the whole album and this song kind of for me like encompasses like elements of both where it opens perhaps slightly more melancholy um and then it has that kind of almost like lift. And it, it it's nice that you kind of get almost like that mini taster of like the whole album. It's like a little microcosm of it within this one track. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed that then we got to kind of explore more of those feelings with different like genre inflections and, and different things like that across like the rest of the album. Um, and also it's just it's just a banger of a song. It's just a great tune.
0: L, you were saying about that first track being kind of a microcosm of the album and one of the singles is you for me really feels like a microcosm of what they've done like pre the album and it when it was released as a single i wasn't sure about it and i'm still not entirely sure how i feel about it because it it pretty directly references other stuff like some of the synths are very clearly trying to sound like everything you need, which is one of their their songs from 2020. It's, the vocal seems very reminiscent of what they did on So You Know. And I think when this was released, I didn't know that So You Know would actually end up on the album. It, it feels very kind of like they're almost trying to recreate their best moments in a song. I'm not sure they they hit that quite lofty ambition. I think it if you try and put that all to one side, I think it works as a track, but because they're they're so directly linking to these other things, it kind of begs the comparison. And I think it it maybe falls a little bit short. Oh, as someone without that mu- that
1: comparison in my mind that much, um I thought it was a nice groove. Um, especially after like the first climax of this track. Um I think the standout or the standout thing um the thing that stands out the most is the, like very harsh warping synth I don't know how to say that but yeah that, that that sound um was like a the main thing I got from the track I do wonder why the the sample is like a bit out of tune from the rest of the track um it's just like it's just, I don't know if anyone else noticed that but it just felt a bit weird um I'm sure it was deliberate but I didn't like it. Um so I thought it was still good but yeah, it wasn't my favorite.
0: I mean they love their kind of 90s dance music, so I think it's kind of an homage to that kind of early sampling era where yeah, people weren't getting things perfectly in tune and it was all a bit haphazard. Sure.
2: I it was strange because yeah, as a kind of just straight up listening experience, I was like, "Oh, that's a bit strange." Um but I think I kind of enjoyed it within the context of the album because I feel like, like I said at the start and I don't know how else to put it, the album feels so neat in terms of like the way that they've composed it. Um, and like a lot of it is just like really tight and you can tell that they are like experts in their craft. So it was almost quite nice to get that like slight rawness and that slight, yeah, I guess like homage to earlier days of music where it was like a bit kind of rough and cut. Um so I quite enjoyed that as a kind of point of comparison um but that was really that was more when I kind of like sat and like thought about it and definitely more on like re-listens I think that initial listen I was just kind of a bit like oh okay um but it wasn't I think significant to the point where I was then like this has ruined the track (laughs) um it was just kind of like a little thing but I think there were bits like that across the whole album where I was like It felt like even if I didn't necessarily understand it, it felt like each decision had been made very deliberately. And I could appreciate that even if I was like, I don't know the reasons. I was like, I do feel like there has definitely been thought behind this, even if I don't know what that thought is. Um and so for that, like I appreciate that as like a kind of just like appreciating the craft of it, even if I was like, I don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I remember reading an interview where the the GO was saying that when they'd written So You Know, they were preparing for their Fabric Presents mix, um, which you can also go and listen to. It's available on streaming services. And they had they had this memory of this like garage tune from the 90s in their heads, but they, they searched and they searched and they couldn't find it. So they just decided to make it instead. And So You Know came out, which has kind of blown up and been their big song. I feel like it, I mean it it's a, a great tune but it, it almost feels stripped back on this album because ev- everything else feels a lot a lot more full maybe and particularly coming off of kind of that middle section from cold-blooded through to Callon where they're they're quite dense tracks so you know feels kind of stripped back and simplistic almost in a way. But I'd be interested to hear what both of you thought. Maybe not having that, not having heard it on dance floors for two years or however long it's been out.
1: I'll be honest; I didn't, I didn't like it too much. Um, I felt mm, interesting. Um, I thought there wasn't really um, much happening, really, uh, apart from like the sample when like the few percussion hits were nice, um, which came in every now and then, and a the little sympathy bit somewhere. Um, but but for me, it's just, I didn't have much to talk about with that track.
2: Yeah, I think I was similar in that I kind of, it definitely wasn't one of my favourites on the album. It was probably one of my least favourites. Um, and then, yeah, I could still kind of appreciate like what they'd done on the track, but I kind of, well, part of me was just like, oh, that's just because it's not my kind of like preferred music. Um but I think also I just really enjoyed on the other tracks where you got kind of, I guess, like slightly more interesting, like genre crossovers and things like that. Whereas this did feel very. And this is coming from someone who doesn't know anything about these kind of genres, but it felt like very like classic of that kind of like genre blend, um, which, yeah, I think I just was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just not for me personally, but it's quite interesting to hear like. The story behind it and also the take of someone who does have much more knowledge of like their back catalog um because yeah I was going in much more blind and it it definitely wasn't one of my favorites and I think if I'd heard that as the single I would not have gone and listened to the album on the basis of that which feels really harsh now I've said it I'm like it's not like a bad song (laughs) but it did not draw me in (laughs)
0: I mean, the thing is, I I love So You Know as a track. I think it's great. Like, it blends. It's just got this really kind of straightforward bass line, but the drums are are just kind of perfectly, like, swung and put into the right place, and the the tomber of them is great. And then when the, the pads come in, it's, like, very kind of 90s. Not even jungle, it's, like, kind of tech step type pads like something that ed russian optical would have done and and the vocal sample as well is just it's a great choice so i love it as a song it's just yeah in the context of the album it it does feel kind of stripped back and it it feel i mean it feels like a you know a 12 inch club track not not kind of the back half of an album Let's move on to, to songs that I do think work really well because there's so much good. I feel like I've got through, got through all of my negatives now. I can, I can get on to the great stuff. Um, Sugar Rush is one of my favourite songs because I think they always want to bring in kind of jungle music into their sound because clearly they love it. And in their live set, it works really well because they're doing kind of live stuff with it and kind of throwing breaks in, doing break manipulation live, which is really, really cool. But when they've tried to do it on their EPs, it hasn't really worked. This brings in kind of just enough of the jungle sound to make kind of a really, really interesting song where it feels like twitchy and and kind of frenetic. And it's got these like great acid inspired synths as well. And it, it just brings like a completely different energy, particularly after you've come off of Skulled, which is maybe more of a, laid-back track it just it kind of gives you that anticipation without ever having to be particularly bold or loud
1: i think with the the track the name of it sugar rush i think i was expecting a bit louder and a bit more crazy i mean it, it was still it was still like you know it, it did have that some of that sugar rush some of that rush um but i i also really enjoyed this um i really loved that i guess it comes from acid um but that really like wet sound that comes and goes (laughs) the wet synth it's just like it sounds so great um it it made me come back to it
2: yeah no i also really enjoyed this one this was yeah kind of surprising to me um one of my favorites on the album which i wasn't expecting because i'm not really like an acid fan or anything like that but i think it was just it was done so well and the way it kind of like builds within the track and also I think its placement within the album made me appreciate that influence and the way that and what they'd done with this track so much more um, and I think that again goes back to the fact that I think that they, it's it's like that DJ set, set thing we were talking about, like they know how to put together a set like this, they know how to put together like the structure of this album because even then on tracks where I was like, oh, this isn't like necessarily my favourite. Like I still was able to kind of pick out those different elements and enjoy them. Um, And with Sugar Rush, like this was uh, like, anyway, um, one of the tracks that I really enjoyed. Um, But it's, I think it's a real testament to the way that they've put the album together that you kind of, it allows those those different elements on different tracks, those different genre references, those different choices to really shine. And you really get to kind of, appreciate them within that track and then across the album as a whole um and also i just really liked the spelling of this like track <laughs> i just thought that was fun <laughs> with like yeah the additional letters i was like oh that's fun
1: <laughs> yeah it kind of came out of the blue like the other tracks are named kind of normally you've got sugar rush is you and so you know just like mm-hmm. spelled it interestingly Walk through water too.
2: Yeah. They're kind of like scattered across the album.
1: Oh, my notes have it uh, spelled correctly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're just like auto-correcting them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I kind of want to talk about Good Lies and Good Lies outro. I might be remembering this wrong, but I don't feel like I've seen an album do that before, an artist do that before, have a track and then to kind of have the outro <laughs> as another track. Um, for me, like the Good Lies outro was kind of an outro, but also felt like a alternative universe version of it that did did the same thing. It's just like put in a little bit of a different context and had little so- different sounds. But yeah, Good Lies had uh, these really nice chords and they felt crisp, but, but still felt, really full sounding, and it has some good vibes. And then Good Lies outro. Um, Yeah, as I said, same kind of thing, but puts it in a different context. Yeah, I quite like
0: the split, because it it makes it so easy to playlist with. Because you can put the main song into like a summer playlist, and you don't have to worry about having a minute of downtime at the end, Mm. where people aren't going to be dancing. So it kind of works for that, and for the algorithm, I guess, because people keep listening uh, to the two minute 40 version and, and stuff. But yeah, I I really like this song because it, it feels like them actually trying something new and trying to go in more of this kind of upbeat festival dance music type direction, which I I think could be quite interesting. Obviously I kind of don't want them to stop doing the kind of darker club stuff. Um, But I think they could kind of be an act that takes that next step that gets to that kind of bicep level of headlining these kind of dance festivals and doing bigger shows because, you know, if they, if they can write songs like that and like obviously So You Know had kind of clearly struck a chord with the wider music going audience, even if people were maybe not, not so hot on it here. um, They have that potential to go on and be a, and, A bigger artist that has wider reach in terms of audience
2: well the two tracks again i was really intrigued by the idea of the outro being that separate track um which yeah it, it is that kind of thing where it lends itself to dj sets and things like that but i did also think it was just really interesting that they were kind of presenting you with almost like the tools to go and like create your own set um which I liked it, it felt like they were inviting people to come and like really interact with their music and play with it, uh, which I just thought was quite a unique thing. It's not something that I'd seen before. Um, and I also found that with the outro track, I enjoyed that it changed the pace slightly and added something a bit different because I, I thought that, for me, that helped it then, which I guess is also like their intention, helped then transition into Walk Through Water, which feels quite different um but because it's got that outro it's it's not like a complete left turn where you're like what the hell um so that was really nice as well um and i i thought it was strong as a title track i'm always wary of titled tracks because i'm like what if they don't hold up like the whole album is resting on this track um but i thought this one did its job well (laughs) so i was pleased with that um But yeah, I did, I enjoyed it. I think I liked the interesting like take that they'd done with like separating it. Um, And I liked how that then went into Walk Through Water because Walk Through Water was one of my favourites on the album. Um, I liked that kind of, I guess, slightly... I want to say r&b vibe maybe i don't really feel like i'm getting like the the right terminology um but i really enjoyed that on walk through water i I think it appealed more to like what i'm naturally attracted to genre wise but i also really liked it following good lies i felt like there was a real there was a really nice shift in tone but it didn't feel uh like completely out of place. I keep saying it, but they're, like, so good at, like, crafting those transitions and things like that. Um, But it was, yeah, Walk Through Water for me was kind of one of my favourites. And I think I also loved it more because it had followed Good Lies. And I liked the shift that we got because of that.
0: Yeah, I liked Walk Through Water, but I felt like, for me, Cold Blooded, the track afterwards did kind of the R and B thing in a way that I enjoyed more. I don't I don't think it's that it's necessarily a better song, but it's more like just kind of my taste in that style of music, maybe. Uh, I what I really liked about Cold Blooded was that it felt like it took what they did on G Fortune, which is a track prior to this album, which happens to be the one that I saw a bunch of critics slating. Um, but I really liked it, whereas it this kind of like Quite quiet, kind of R and B track, really, with sampled vocals. And Cold Blooded, I f- felt like did a similar thing, but it also brought in these kind of Afrobeat kind of influences. And maybe, maybe that's I always, never really know if it's kind of African influence or Caribbean influence. I think with some of these rhythms, it can be. I can find it hard to distinguish because I'm not an expert on these things but it kind of gives it that bit more of a dancey feel, a bit more of a kind of modern pop feel as well. You know, I really like the kind of pitchy vocals and and everything going on in the song. Um, yeah, for me, I, I enjoyed both of them. Walk Through
1: Water. Um, I listened to the original sample, the original song it came from, and I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Um, but... The way they've they changed up a bit in this, I thought it really worked. I love, I love the synth. Felt really full, and the harsher tones that came in, they felt really impactful and kind of captured atten- your attention a lot. And almost the same kind of thing in Cold Blooded, where where the tune um, swells up, it almost gets uncomfortably like loud, but it's really impactful and. Yeah, that that's kind of drew me into the track, really.
2: Yeah, I really liked with Cold Blooded it. Yeah, where it kind of builds and then I want to say like explodes with sound. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm describing that quite right, but yeah, <laughs> it's like, like a, a firework work. in a song. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that, again, was kind of something like quite interesting, something I wasn't expecting. And also, was another thing that I felt was really well placed to be part of a DJ set or be part of that kind of like really pulsing dance floor vibe um I kind of yeah I felt like that was the kind of track where I was like I want to experience that on a dance floor because I feel like that that build and then that kind of release of sound lends itself so well to that environment um and I thought that about kind of well really the whole album I was like it does clearly lend itself to that kind of setting. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt that like particularly with Cold Blood. And Cold Blood for me felt like I don't know how to describe it, I guess kind of like it was a kind of track where I was like, Oh, I feel like that would translate to lots of different DJ sets. Um, it kind of felt like you could transplant that track across different vibes. Um, because it has that kind of universal appeal of like that build, which yeah, they've they've done so well.
0: One track we've not really touched in depth, but I, I do definitely want to mention is Arla Fern. Arla Fern. I'm looking at L because it looks Irish, but
2: I know it, I, it does, but I <laughs> I would say Fern, but I don't know if that's right.
1: <laughs> I just thought of the dairy company from the
0: Arla bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second track and I I I feel it it's just great. Like it's got this kind of dubstep energy to it with kind of the, the tempo and, and it's got really deep bass. Like I feel, feel like feelings playing kind of draws you in. And this track reminds you that actually you do need to be listening on, on proper headphones or a big sound system because, oh, that, that bass really, really hits you. And I love how it's got that really deep subby bass, but also there's a lot, kind of lots of reverb obviously on the snare but also it almost sounds like the top of the bass has reverb on it as well like they've just filtered out the bass frequencies and put added more reverb so it all just feels like it it's happening in this kind of room space and it makes me think of um Om Units acid dub studies of which he's done two albums worth um which are absolutely fantastic and you should definitely check out um but it just has this kind of very particular feeling to it and and they've kind of nailed it here without giving up on being themselves and sounding like overmono and then the the track as it goes on goes and diverts into different directions and kind of weaves into kind of more experimental stuff and then back to the club music and then kind of <coughs> towards the end Kind of fuses out into weird experiments before Good Lies comes in and and presents something almost completely different.
1: pronounce dot says Fern, so we'll stick with that.
2: <laughs> I like the idea that you like looked this up like a while ago and you've just been waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have. <laughs> Don't want <to> interrupt him. <laughs> um, yeah, I is that sound? Isn't it? Is that that bass? It's like it felt really dirty and like very hollow sounding as well, but it was still thumping and sounding great. The The track was kind of sparse at points, but yeah, that bass really, that kick really carried it the way through. And then, yeah, two thirds, we have that more experimental sort of thing. Um, sounded like an alien spaceship. I don't know. It just sounded really cool. And I really liked it, and it it was really surround sound, and yeah, it was one of the stands out standouts.
2: Yeah, I think definitely this album is it, it's definitely one that you want really good quality headphones, but ideally you want really good quality speakers, and you want to just like blast it. Um, but yeah, I also really liked this track. I felt like with Finn's playing, like the preceding track, it felt almost like slightly like brighter and lighter. Like you got like that slight melancholic leaning but then you you go kind of you lean much more into it in Alifern, and you get this much darker slightly more like twisted sound um and yeah like when that kind of <laughs> like alien spaceship sound <laughs> comes in it is kind of unsettling and a bit uneasy but not not in like a bad way where i was like oh my god turn it off in a kind of it felt to me I was like, yeah, I'd vibed this like at the end of the world. Like everything's collapsing, but like we're still gonna dance to a strong beat. <laughs> it was that kind of vibe where I was like, oh, it's still a it's darker and it's more twisted. And I liked that they were experimenting with that and exploring that. Um but I think it's it's throughout it's still a banger. And I liked, yeah, then then it goes into good lies, which is yeah, much more of a shift. And it's it was a track which like Arfan is a track that I don't think If I'd been kind of arranging the album, I'd have, like, put in or slotted in, especially in that, uh, like, placement within the track listing, but I think it works so well there that, again, it's just, like, a testament to their, like, knowledge. They're like, no, this is going to work, and it really does, Um, because you're, like, a few minutes into the album, and you're already, like, taken on lots of different directions on this huge journey, um, which... It's yeah, it's really exciting, and it's the kind of like experimentation that just like works so well across the whole album. Um, like you feel constantly like you are being pulled along on this journey, but you're having a great time whilst doing so.
1: It's not the first time, or not. It's not the only time that the album has that thumpy kick drum that just sounds fabulous. Kalon as well. I guess that could be pronounced something a, a, another way. Or if you change one letter then it's something else completely. But yeah, that that kick drum really cut us through the the song and it had like a really great atmosphere. And yeah, that's all I wrote for that but yeah, I just wanted to kick out pick out the kick drum
0: in that. Yeah, it's a really interesting take on house music where it it feels very kind of atmospheric but it also has that kind of upbeat Joyous energy of house music, like I, it's almost baffling how how they've managed to do that and blend in that style so well into their sound, keep it kind of balanced like that.
2: It's indicative again of like how they're able to explore that kind of full range of emotions from that slightly, you know, darker, unsettling vibe of like Arlofan oh, to this kind of really, like pulsing uplifting, beat within. Kalon, i'm gonna go with um but yeah it is kind of it it's just so impressive that across the whole album you do get this really full spectrum of emotion um within what i keep describing as neat because i cannot think of another word <laughs> but this neat
0: album <laughs> another track i think has a great kick drum is Sculled, which has this fantastic like rustling shaker percussion over the top but then the kick comes in and really punches as well. It's just, you know, that middle section, they're really kind of playing with different styles and throwing different ideas in, and all of the tracks feel really distinct, and they all do do different things and experiment in interesting ways, and I I feel like that, you know, we've said it so many times now, but the this is really kind of a masterclass in album sequencing where they've got the big tracks to pull you in at the beginning, they've got experimentation as you come into the second half, they've got big tracks again at the end to kind of finish it all off and and make you want to come back and listen to the album again. It feels
2: like... Sorry, go on.
0: I was trying to finish my thought and I had nothing else.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe this will finish it. It feels like... You know in fancy restaurants when they have a tasting menu and it's like 50 different courses? That's what this feels like. Like each course, each track is so well crafted and gives you like a little nugget of like something else and like something a bit different. But like as a full menu, it works so well. And that's what this is like. This whole album is like, it's like lots of like little tasters of these little like bangers of songs. And together it's just like Michelin star craftsmanship <laughs> i don't know if you want that to like claim as the end of your thought <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think gold is a great example of the these tracks in this album having like one sound that at least for me like really describes that track um and yeah it is that that shaker sound but it, it confuses me because it didn't really sound like a shaker we had a shaker earlier on which was like definitely a shaker but this one sounded like someone scuffing their shoe on the ground (laughs) and it just confused me um but i really enjoyed it
0: um yeah it was a great sound right let's wrap up our review by ranking the album if you'd like to see the album rankings you can look down in the description the the pollen has got to me in my throat i don't think it's gonna stand up trying to read those all out where would we like to put good lies by over mono is it at this point last year you stopped because because of the hay fever (laughs) it might have been we need to go back and and see if that that's the case
2: it's like a good marker of like every year when the pollen count hits a peak that's when you stop Mm. doing the album (laughs) ranking
0: for me it's four or five either side of wednesday i think this is a, a great record i partly i think i'm I'm less positive on it because I'm I love Overmono so much and I've listened to their other stuff so much that and this is kind of more of the same without being much of a step up in quality but I really love Overmono and I think this album does it perfectly and I really can't think of much I change about it without other than yeah maybe so you know might not work and is used maybe a bit too reminiscent of previous stuff like this is a a really impressive debut album from a dance act and dance albums are not the easiest things to pull off I'll preface
1: saying that I'm not into this generally into this music that much and I don't think this album's really gonna be on repeat for me um because of that reason so it is gonna go quite a bit lower than that um but I still, I still can appreciate it, and like, I still can, yeah. Like I've mentioned in the review, um, there's a lot of sounds that which I just really love and really enjoy. That does mean, though, um, I wouldn't go in the top five, but uh, I would happily go in the top ten and possibly put it at probably like number <laughs> number nine around there.
2: I'm really struggling. I was hoping that the two of you would talk for longer so I had more time to, like, deliberate internally. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. All right, so- Tom, come in. <laughs>
0: so James is wanting to go between Feist and Gorillaz.
2: See, I'm thinking back to Gorillaz and I'm like, oh, that was a really good album. Oh, this is really difficult. I think, uh, similar to James, this is not, like, my usual vibe. So that does impact on, like, my own personal rankings. But it is a really like good album and I have a lot of like appreciation for the craft that went into it and I think maybe that's going to edge it up for me. Would I put it, up? Would I put it above Gorillaz? Do you know what? Maybe I would. Yeah, I think I'm going to put it at number nine as well. All
1: right, we need this mid-year
0: review of our reviews. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the mid-year dream reshuffle.
0: <laughs> the problem is we're going to come up with an equally hated list it's just going to be different it's not it's not going to be any better (laughs) because we're all going to disagree again (laughs) about where things should be
2: i think the main thing i want is i miss Ryuichi sakamoto 12 being at number 12 just because i found that personally very satisfying what i want is us
0: to spend a whole episode on re-ranking the list and ends up exactly the same
2: yeah (laughs)
1: We were geniuses all along.
2: <laughs> we just needed to have faith in our previous judgments.
0: Right, let's get on to upcoming releases for this week. A few things coming out, not quite as stacked as last week, where we had tons and tons of albums. This week, a few, I think, are of interest. First off, Water From Your Eyes are releasing their new album, Everyone's Crushed. They're kind of an interesting, quite experimental pop band. Uh, so that one might be worth checking out. If you like a pop album that's a bit less experimental, but maybe a bit more easy listening, Arlo Parks is releasing a new album called My Soft Machine. If you're hankering for a, a post-punk fix and you, you haven't had enough yet this year, I feel like it's been a while since a big post-punk album's come out. Uh, the band Stuck are releasing their, I think it's their debut album called Freak Frequency. And finally, uh, another kind of pop record, Bayonne, are releasing a new album called Temporary Time. I've enjoyed some of their previous stuff. It's kind of electronic pop kind of stuff, like pop, but with light influences from bands like Caribou and Friendly Fires. So if that sounds of interest, it might, might be worth checking out. That's it for upcoming releases and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and L for joining me. Thank you. Yes. if you'd like to hear more from the podcast you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice new episodes come out every Monday but you could turn on notifications if you're likely to forget if you'd like to hear more from us throughout the week you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly and if you want to get in touch with us you can drop us an email at unmutedmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Yarn the Hours Away by Foyer Red.